Welcome to the Self-Care Surgeons Podcast, the only podcast for physicians by physicians to help each other avoid the ever-increasing rate of burnout and learn about financial, physical, and emotional self-care in bite-sized digestible pieces. I'm your host, Ellie Kraft, a practicing surgeon, and together we will navigate the challenges of practicing medicine that is left out of our medical education in order to build richer, happier lives. Enjoy the show and be sure to subscribe. Hi, everyone. So today we are going to uh, talk about how I basically built a plan for myself to be out of almost $250,000 of medical school debt uh, in four years after graduating residency. And so I'm going to break down for you, you know, how I did that and how you can, um, you know, customize this for yourself to make the plan that's right for you to um, ultimately pay off your, you know, medical school or training debt. Now, if you have no debt, um, Feel free to skip this episode, but I think it's a good uh, message for everybody about how to handle debt when it comes up because you really have to weigh the interest rate of the debt um, and think about that when you're planning how to pay stuff off. So the first thing to think about is your psychology around your debt. Now, I personally um, felt this huge weight of having that debt and wanting to pay it down as fast as possible. So my personal financial plan uh, was really organized around, you know, paying this off in, you know, two to four years or two to four years after graduating. Um, a lot of people don't have that same anxiety. My husband, personally, we, you know, really butted heads on this. He was like, oh, why don't we just pay it off over 10 years? It's no big deal. But because when you do the numbers, if you have, you know, a loan at say 5%, you can make more in the market with that money. So it does make sense if if it doesn't bother you to pay it off over a longer amount of time. Um, but for me personally, I want to get that debt done. I didn't want to have it, you know, on my books for a long amount of time. And so that's how I made my decision. Um, and wanted you guys to understand that. So the first thing you have to think about is, you know, how fast do you want to pay this off? Do you want to pay it off really fast? If you do want to do that, you know, you have to make allowances in other areas like we talked about in the budgeting, you know, because you do only have really three big buckets. You And you basically can um, change or, you know, change the balance of that from time to time to do what you want to do with your money. So for me, I wanted to pay off my debt really quickly. So my debt payoff bucket, you know, that payment is higher than say someone who wants to pay this off over 10 years. So that's the first thing is to know if you want to pay off your debt fast or slow. So for me, I wanted to pay off things fast. So um, you also have to look at the interest rates of your debt because if you have a high credit card debt, you really need to pay that off first even before you get to your medical school debt. Like high interest credit card, because usually that rate is around 25% and it's almost impossible to pay that off um, if you don't get it uh, done. Like through the minimum payments, you will never pay it off. So you really need to aggressively get any um, high interest credit card debt paid off first before you, you know, move on to aggressive medical school uh, debt payoff. So 
that would be my first word of advice is look at your debt and write it out. You know, write out the interest rate for each debt. So if you have a car loan, write out the interest rate. Those are usually low. They're usually like four or five percent. If you have a mortgage, write out that amount. If you have a um Actually, for, for the mortgage, scratch that. Like that's in our fixed cost, so don't worry about that. That's that's for down the road. But let's talk about credit card debt. Let's talk about auto loan debt. Let's talk about your student loan debt. So those are the big, most common buckets. And like I said, you want to chip away at the highest interest debt first. So if you have, let's say, twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt. You know, you want to look at that 25% APR, which is usually where it's at, and see what you can do to get that paid off. A lot of the times you can get like a consolidation loan. Um, If you just Google like credit card consolidation, you can um, do that and pay it off at like a 6 or 7% uh, rate very quickly. That's a good option to get rid of debt a lot quicker um, without just being drowned by the interest payments. Um... Uh, the other uh, things for credit card debt, like if you can transfer it to a 0% card, that's great, but you can't always do that. So really focusing on getting the high interest debt paid off first is the most important thing. Um, but for the majority of people, we're not, or, you know, majority of people coming out of training, um, they're not in that situation. So if you don't have any credit card debt, you can move on to thinking about your student loan debt. Now, the interest you know, is restarting uh, in a couple of months here now that Biden announced that. And so you really need to think about your uh, payments and how fast you want to pay this down. So for me, what I used was I just Googled basically like loan repayment calculator. And my favorite one is from Credit Karma. I will link it in the show notes. But basically, there's um, a couple bubbles that you fill in. The first one is like the balance owed. So let's say, for example, you have $250,000 owed and you have a 5% interest rate or whatever, whatever your interest rate is from your student loan. And then you can click either desired months to pay off or expected monthly payment. And then basically it spits out your um, principal paid, how much interest you're going to pay, and how many months it will take to pay this off. So I really like this calculator because it just gives you a timeline of everything. And that's what I use to calculate how much I would need to pay every month um, to pay off the loans in my allotted amount of time. So for me, I wanted to pay off in like four or five years. So I put that out and it spit out a payment number for me that I then built basically the best of my, the rest of my budget around. So, you know, I have my fixed cost, but then in my future self bubble, you know, I had that allotted amount of money and I basically used um, that debt payment number as the base and then adjusted the other categories, which we will talk about, you know, in the savings and investing episode. But That was my first step since I really wanted to focus on my debt being paid off in the first amount of time or, you know, in a set amount of time. So that's the number that is non-movable for me. So that debt payment is happening every month, you know, for the next four or five years. 
um, unless I get a big influx of cash or something, and then it would change. But um, just for me in my budget, that's how I was able to customize it and make sure make it so that I could adjust the other things around that. And and like I said, you know, it's been successful. I've been able to chunk out a big amount of debt this year. Um, and, and kind of move forward with my life. And it's really amazing when you see kind of the balance go down. And it just is is such a, a sigh of relief, really, um, to see that in black and white. And, and actually, you know, let's dip our toe in a little bit to um, savings and investing. So the other thing that you're kind of going to kind of adjust between this bucket of future self. Now that you've had your debt payments um, written out and you have a plan for your debt, you want to make a plan for your savings and investing. So um, savings really touches on like retirement and stuff like that. So most of us are going to be joining uh, groups or joining hospitals where they offer retirement plans. And this is where the alphabet soup comes in. This is where the 401k, the 457b, the 403b, all those numbers and letters, all those mean there is a tax advantage to filling them up. So anything that's tax advantage, we absolutely want to max that out if we can in the year. And for uh, 2023, the maximum amount you can contribute if you're you know, contributing to an employee plan is $22,500. So how do you figure that out in your, you know, monthly paycheck? So basically you take 22,500 and you divide it by 12, right? Because there's 12 months in the year. And then you look at that amount of money and you have to divide your um, total compensation. So let's say, you know, you make I don't know, $400,000, you take the $400,000 and you see what percentage um, that monthly amount is. And so that's what that like, oh, I'm going to contribute 3% to my 401k or 4% to my 401k, whatever that number is, is translated into that percentage. So there's also, again, like online calculators that help you make that um, calculation. So one of my favorite ones is actually from Fidelity Investments. Again, I just Googled like 401k contribution calculator and there's one on Fidelity Investments. And basically there's little bubbles that go through like your annual gross salary, which so that's like the number that you negotiate, right? You say, oh, I'm going to be paid, let's say 400k, okay? And then um, there's also a spot for annual increase if you have that. And then it goes through um, if you get paid twice a month or once a month. So that's semi-monthly versus monthly. Um, and then it's going to talk about if you have any employer match and um, years invested and stuff like that. And it will calculate how much um, you're contributing and if you're going to reach that limit for the year. So it's hugely helpful. And it's one of those things that you definitely, definitely, definitely want to cross off your list um, because you get a tax advantage of this. And what this means is this $22,500 actually lowers your um, taxable income. So what's that mean? So let's say you make, you know, $400,000. 
for that $400,000 minus $22,500 is now your new um, salary that the government is taxing you on. So you're now being taxed at $377,500, which, you know, doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. It's a huge amount to actually lower your adjustable tax and um, taxable uh, wage. Because remember, now that we're making this money as attendings, we're going to be taxed at much higher levels. So you want to take advantage of all of the government little levers you can pull to make it um, to shield yourself from legally from uh, taxes, essentially. And there's all that. That's why there's a limit on how much you can contribute because all of obviously all of us would try and make it you know, have the lowest taxable amount possible. But that's why there's a limit, basically, because um, it is so tax advantage. The other thing that is a tax advantaged um, savings account that you would really, really want to max out is called a Roth IRA. Now, a Roth IRA, the word Roth just means that the taxes are taken out at the time of the investment. And Roth IRAs, they usually have an income limit. So you can do one when you're in residency. But, you know, if you didn't get around to that, that's okay. There's this thing called a backdoor IRA, um, which robo-advisors will do for you, which financial planners will do for you. But basically, it, it allows you to do um, this Roth IRA even when you make a higher amount of money because I think the income is... Yeah, for 2023, the Roth IRA income limit is 153000 for a single tax filer or less than 228000 for those who are married filing jointly. So if you're not making that much money, you can still do a traditional Roth. But if you are making over that, then you can still do a backdoor Roth. And so the great thing about a Roth is so they take out the taxes now. And the, contribu- the contribution limit for 2023 is $6,500. So this is essentially 500 bucks a month that you are going to take out the taxes now. Um, and in the future, you take it out tax-free when you are retiring, which is amazing because, you know, who knows what tax taxes will be in the future. Um, you know, in our lifetime, we haven't seen anything high, seen things high, but let's remember the Great Depression. I mean, taxes were astronomical. Um, and so our, you know, 30% tax bracket, that could change in the future. And so the Roth IRA is also something that you absolutely need to be maxing out every year. So those are the other two parts of your, you know, future self that you should be really prioritizing um, doing. So, you know, getting your debt payoff number is the first one. And then also doing whatever you can to max out your either 401k, 457b, um, you know, 403B, if you can max those out and your Roth IRA, then you are in a good position. Like that should be the bare minimum for what you're doing um, for planning for your future self. That's what I did. And, and the, you know, then if I have any extra in that category, I do what's called brokeraged accounts because those are taxed. They are not tax advantaged. So you want to be able to fill up like the free money from the government first before you move on to um, 
the other uh, types of brokerage accounts, which the brokerage accounts personally were the most uh, scary for me because I didn't really know what I was doing until I read all these financial books. So that's a great plan for the uh, future self bucket, essentially. So, you know, figure out, uh, just to reiterate, let's figure out um, how long or short we want to pay off our debt, um, prioritize paying off the high interest debt first, um, and then you can move on to your student loans if you have them. And then uh, the third thing is to think about maxing out your tax-advantaged accounts. So that is your Roth IRA, which has the contribution limit of $6,500 a year, which is r- runs out to about $500 a month. And then your um, employer incentivized uh, retirement plan, which is your, like I said, all the numbers and letters stuff. So the 401k, the 453b, or sorry, 457, the 403b. Um, you want to max out those accounts, which again, their max contribution limit is 22500 So those are the basics of the first stuff or the first things that you really want to fill up um, before you move on to being flexible with your um, fund spending or you think about a higher mortgage or a higher rent situation, stuff like that. All right. Thank you everyone for sticking with me through that rather painful discussion of debt payoff, but it is truly, you know, so important for us to make a plan for this so that we can, uh, you know, deal with it and have a sense of when it will be paid off, whether that's five years or 10 years or 20 years, you know, you, you make that decision based off of what level of, um, emphasis you put on the debt. So if it's going to make you feel a lot better to pay it off quicker, do that. If if you're okay with shouldering the debt for a longer period of time and starting investing a little bit more aggressively or, or building a family with that extra money, that's okay too. But you should you should definitely have those goals in mind when you make your decision on the debt payoff because if you pay those absolute minimums, you are net, you know, your debt is essentially going to double. So you really want to pick a time frame for the period of time that you want to pay off your debt if you have it. Okay. All right. So yeah, please um, DM us any questions that you have uh, going forward. We would love to hear what you guys think. And thank you again so much for joining us. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening with us today. And please be sure to rate and review us for more listeners to find this podcast. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook and DM or email us your questions at hello at selfcaresurgeons.com. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Self-Care Surgeons podcast.